0: and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. If you're familiar with the history of the nation of Israel, you'll recall that there was a time when the southern kingdom of Judah was taken captive by the Babylonians. My friends, as I look around me, I see so many similarities in our day to those days of the Babylonian captivity. The world system that we live in, much like the Babylonian world system of the olden days, will not leave us alone. The Babylonian world system is not content for us to worship God in spirit and in truth, but rather would try to corrupt our worship and to corrupt our thinking, and it especially focuses upon our young folks. So how do we respond to Babylon? There's a great lesson to be learned from Daniel chapter 3, and in the sermon that we begin today, we begin to answer the question about how to respond to Babylon. And ultimately, the answer is, is that we stay faithful to God no matter what. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. The
1: souls of
0: The book of Daniel, the third chapter, I want to read in the first verse. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. He goes on to describe that image of gold and its certain height, certain weight, certain breadth, and he set it up over there in a land called Babylon. Uh, you may first of all say, Preacher, what in the world has that got to do with us today? That's Babylon, that's ancient history. What are you, why are you even going there? I mean, it might be good to read. It might be a good history lesson. How can it possibly apply to us today? I want to say to you, as I've said before, that uh, the Word of God, this Bible, is more up to date than today's New York Times. As a matter of fact, it's way more up to date than the New York Times. Let me just add that in for what it's worth. Because, you see, um, there are great lessons that we can learn from Scripture that you can't learn anywhere else. For instance, there's nothing new under the sun. I realize, even myself, I'm guilty of saying, boy, we've never seen times like these. Well, we haven't seen times like these. That doesn't mean they haven't existed in the past. I realize the... The mechanisms such as Facebook and Instagram and social media and the Internet are different today. But the same things were happening back in ancient times. And God wasn't lying and he wasn't mistaken when he said there's nothing new under the sun. And so, beloved, we can get great lessons from the experience of God's people throughout the ages. And in fact, we're told that the things that were written before time were written for our ensamples, that we might not fall into the same troubles that they fell into. And here we have the setting of this, um, of this book here of Daniel. The setting of Daniel is the Babylonian captivity. And many of you uh, who are Bible readers know what I'm talking about. There was a time when... The Babylonians were brought upon the nation of Judah, and that's the southern kingdom of Israel, the divided kingdom when it was divided. That southern kingdom existed longer than the northern kingdom, but even like the northern kingdom, it had gotten wicked. It had wicked kings. It had wicked people. It had idol worship. And ultimately, God said, that's enough. I'm done with this. I'm not going to um, put up with it anymore, and I'm bringing judgment upon you. Not eternal judgment, not eternal wrath, but chastening in the form of the Babylonians that were to come and to take them captive, uproot them from where they were and bring them to a land they had never been to in a place that was foreign to them, where the worship was foreign, where the society was foreign, where the economic system was foreign, where nothing was familiar to them whatsoever. It was so... traumatizing that they sat down by the river kibar over there and they began to weep even as their captors tormented them and said sing us a song of jerusalem now sing a song you know i've thought about this minute. how do we sing the lord's song in a strange and a foreign land well let me just say i think we're doing it tonight I trust that we are because I want to say to you, beloved, if we're not in Babylon yet, we are well on the way. (laughs) I believe we're in Babylon. I believe we're living in a society that is uh, just like this Babylonian society that is uh, out to corrupt us and out to uh, infiltrate us and to pull us away from the things of God. I mean, think about what they did. We pre- I preached on this not too long ago uh, from the first chapter over there. Well, the first thing they did is they took young men. I don't know their ages, but I'm certain they were teenagers or maybe a little younger, maybe a little older. But they took young men and they, 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 they kidnapped them basically for the service in the, in the, uh, in the troops of his eunuchs over there. Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and I'm certain, let me just say, I'm certain that Shadrach, don't, if you, when you get to heaven, okay, and you see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego sitting over there talking about the fiery furnace, don't go up to them and call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> that was their Babylonian names. I bet they'd be, you know, I don't think people get mad in heaven, but they might actually fight you over there. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But they are not have fighting in heaven. But, but their real names were... Hananiah, and Mishael, and Azariah. And you say, well, why do we call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Because the Babylonians corrupted them. They tried to even change their names. Those names which pointed us to the true God were corrupted to point us to the false gods of the Babylonians. Daniel, the young man. Daniel, who who gives his name to this book and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were brought into the company of the eunuchs. Have you ever thought about that? How, how disheartening that would be to a young man to be made a eunuch in the service of a pagan king. That's the point where you would be tempted to give up, I would think. That's the point where it would be so easy to compromise. They've taken away my ability to ever... You know, family was important to the, to the children of Israel your genealogy it was important it was important that you you know a a barren woman was a big deal in the old days like that if a woman you know it's a struggle today I know many who have struggled to have children um, and um, some that haven't been able to and have pursued the route of adoption and praise God for that opportunity there's nothing that's, that's a precious gift from God but back in that day, if you were barren as a woman, it was a big deal. It was a sign of God's curse upon you. But even worse, if you were a man who couldn't have children, who couldn't be a father to the family. Oh, how easy it would be to give up. But you remember in the chapter, I, I know it hadn't been that long ago that I preached on it. So you remember in chapter 1 where they even tried to change their, their, their diet. They tried to, tried to make them eat things they shouldn't. And, all, and, and what did Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego do? They said, just give us a chance to prove to you that our God is greater. You know, have you ever, you ever thought about that? That I, I, I'm not preaching experiences up here. My experiences, are, your experiences are good, good things to have, but they're not scripture, okay? But the experience that, that we have sometimes, the experience they had proved that their God that the God of this universe was the true God. But they tried to corrupt them. They did so many things to them. And then they they tried to change their language. In fact, there was a a point where years later, when they finally left and were able to go back home from the Babylonian captivity, they were able to go back over there into Jerusalem, that Nehemiah found that that even the children, the, the younger generation, could not even speak the language of the Hebrews. They were speaking in the language of Ashdod. The Philistines, they, were, they, had married, they had married Philistine women, they had married Moabite women, they had married Ammonite women, contrary to the word of God who said, Don't you marry outside your tribes, you marry within your tribes, because if you marry outside your tribes, they will corrupt you and pull you away from the true worship of God. And it got to the point where their children could only speak in the language of Ashdod. Oh, what a sad state of affairs it was. And how painful it was. Yeah, I don't want to get off into preaching in Nehemiah, but if you'll read it sometimes, how painful it was for, ne- for Nehemiah to correct that situation. So sad. Nebuchadnezzar was the king who carried them captive. And he set up an idol of gold. And I go back to what I said earlier. You say, preacher, what's that got to do with us? Well, I want to say to you this, this evening. Does it not look to you like we're living in a society that wants to corrupt our children, that wants to pull them away from the true worship of God, from the truths of God's Word? I challenge you to go to a public university in this nation and ask them about the course on creation or creationism. <laughs> I, I challenge you to go to a... even. I challenge you to go to a law school. I I know of what I speak here, okay? Because I went to law school. I went to the University of Alabama Law School. I challenge you to go over there or to any other public law school and say, I'd like to take your course or sit in on your course on the foundations of law. The, The foundations of law being those teachings of classical Greece and classical Rome about Aristotle and some of those other philosophers over there that, that, that made many statements and many they, they philosophized about law. And by the way, it turned out to be so consistent with biblical law and the basis of law that we find in the Bible that it's uncanny and makes you kind of uh, suspect that the Lord might have been in working in places other than Israel <laughs> during that day, which I say that tongue in cheek because there's no doubt that he was. You won't find that taught in public universe, public law schools. There, there's some Christian based law schools. There's, there's a few, one or two in this state and I know one or two in Mississippi that will teach you about the foundations of law and it's a biblical foundation ultimately, but you won't find that anywhere because now law is just fluid, truth is relative. Truth does not, you know, your truth is just as good as my truth. And, and so um, uh, if I don't believe like you, if I believe that the sun rises in the west and sets in the east, that's fine. If that's what you want to do, I will, you know, if you, if you believe that uh, uh, the, the, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, uh, your truths are compatible and that's okay. And that's just false teaching. It's just a, a terrible situation that we're in today, we are living in Babylon. We are living in a society, as, as I said yesterday in the message, Now, here's, here's another problem with Babylon. Babylon, um, you know, the Jewish, the Jewish people and God's people throughout the ages of time have always been content to believe what they believe and let others believe what they believe and leave them alone. It's never been an issue, well, I shouldn't say that. There have been misguided Christians through the years that tried to convert people using the Bible and sword, as we used to say. The Catholic Church, uh, many centuries ago, would come to new lands and they would say, you either convert or you die. (laughs) That's never worked. It never has been, and it's never been the biblical position either. You know, I'm fine if they want to worship a golden idol down on the streets of Gordo. I'm fine with that, I don't agree with that, I don't like that, it disturbs me, it bothers me, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not okay with the fact, I'm not agreeing that that's the right way to do it, but I'm not, I'm not gonna go down there with an AK-47 and start uh, shooting the place up because I don't agree with them. But let me just say to you, beloved, that's not the way Babylon is. Babylon is not content to leave you alone and let you worship in the way you wanna worship. Babylon is only content when they can corrupt your worship and they can cause you to move away from the truth because I want to say to you that the the, the underlying force behind all the Babylons of this world is always the devil. You, you know, we talk about sometimes conspiracy theories, and there are many, there's no doubt some conspiracies out there. There's some major conspiracies out there. But the only conspiracy that I'm concerned with, and the only one that the Bible tells us to be concerned with, is the conspiracy that began in the Garden of Eden when the devil himself began to corrupt the Word of God. You know what he did in the very beginning? He questioned God. He said, Yea, hath God said. And by the way, let me just, you know what he questioned? He questioned the fundamental truth of what we believe here that the Bible teaches about human nature and the need for salvation you know what God said God said in the day you eat of the fruit of the garden of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt surely die and every religion and every and you know the devil the devil himself came along to Eve and he said oh, as God said you're not supposed to eat of this? And, and she said, oh yeah, we can't eat of this. And he said, thou shalt not surely die. And I submit to you on the authority of the word of God and upon what research I've done about all the philosophies and the religions of the world, whether denominational Christianity or whether Buddhism or Hinduism or some Shintoism or any other ism out there, all that has ever been taught in the world are two, are two teachings. Either thou shalt surely die or thou shalt not surely die. Every religion is based on one or the other of those principles. Either man is dead in trespasses and in sins and he needs a complete Savior or he's not dead and he can do a little bit on his own. See? Every religion, Buddhism, whatever, there are many in the world. The teachings out in the religious world. Well, Jesus did all he could do and now it's up to you. Beloved, either we died in Adam or we didn't. And I think I'm going to stick with the message that God preached and not the message that the devil preached. (laughs) But you see, the world out there is not, the devil is not content for you and I to worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, he doesn't really mind if we get in the spirit, I don't think. We start jumping pews and we start, you know, having a big old time here. He'd probably be okay with that. (laughs) He'd actually probably be okay if we had the truth, Brother Mackey, and no spirit. Because then, y'all wouldn't hang around very long. Pretty soon our our congregation would just kind of be slipping out the back door because it'd just be a dry, uh, boring lecture. (laughs) But boy, when we get the spirit and the truth together, he doesn't like it. Babylon will not leave us alone, you see. Babylon will not leave us alone. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. And he set it up in the plains over there, and he told the rulers and down in verse 4, this herald he sent out said to you it is commanded, O people and nations and languages, that when you hear all this music, and I'll skip for the lack of time down to verse 6, uh, down, down to the end of that verse, I mean, that you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. I said this yesterday, and I want to say it again tonight. So far, I can live with what they've, they've said because as i said earlier it's not my place to go out and browbeat and make people believe the truth i can't make you believe the truth i can preach the truth to you and i can exhort reprove with all long suffering i can preach the gospel but you know without the spirit there's nothing i can really do to to convince you and and if you choose to go some other way well i won't say it's all right with me i hate to see you go but but i believe that that's your that's your right. You can go and do it, okay? So if the king sets up a golden image and you want to go bow down to it, I can't stop you. And I'm not going to go get a gun or a sword or anything and try to make you stop, okay? So far, I'm okay with it. I'm not, you know, again, when I say I'm okay with it, I don't mean I like it. I don't mean I agree with it. I mean, I hate it, but... But so far I can live with that because, okay, y'all go your way, and if I'm the only one, I'm just going to go back over here and try to worship God in the way he says to worship him. But again, Babylon won't stop there. Babylon says, this is when you need to fall down and worship him, and whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. See, that's where Babylon comes from. Babylon will not be satisfied to let you, to live and let live, to let you worship the way you want to and let them worship the, the, the way they want to. They're going to, to try to corrupt you through deceit and enticement. And if that fails, through coercion, to come over to their way of, th- of thinking. And you say, well, what? we don't really have idols today. Do we not? Do we not? You know, the devil, I, I tell you, the devil's an amazing creature, to be quite honest with you. you gotta, I don't admire him, but you've got you to at least respect him, okay? Because if he can't get you one way, he'll get you another. You know, there's only one way that God has. He just has one way. And that's what he talks about, your eye being single. He, he means you're not all divided about different ways of doing things. You, you run at it this way and you run at it that way. There's just a straight and a narrow path that we need to stay on. But that broad way is full of all kinds of nooks and crannies, you know. The devil, if he can't get you one way, he'll get you another. If you're not on the wayside, he'll catch you in the stony ground. And if you're not in the stony ground, he'll catch you in the thorny ground. But if you're in the good ground, he's going to be pounding on you to move you back into one of those other bad grounds so that you'll be unprofitable and unfruitful. Remember, those parables in Matthew 13 are not about who's going to heaven, who's going to hell. A parable only goes so far as the one who speaks the parable says it goes. And if we add to that, then we've gone beyond that which the Lord Jesus Christ said. He didn't make it about who was going to heaven and who was going to hell. But he was making it about our daily walk with him in the kingdom of God. And it was really a help to the preachers. He was really preaching to the preachers there. Those disciples had gone out and they had preached out in the world and they had had great success. Even the devils were subject unto them and they came back and they were so excited. Lord, this is great. If this is the way it's always going to be, it's going to be a wonderful task to be a preacher of the gospel. (laughs) I got news for you. (laughs) And Jesus was explaining to them it's not always going to be that way. I think Brother Buddy would echo that and Brother John Morgan as well. But I, it's not all Brother Ronnie as well. They don't always accept it. They don't always receive it like sometimes they do. Sometimes it's a great revival. It's a great spirit of revival. Sometimes it's just laughing you on off the stage. I'm not talking about our congregation. I'm talking about out there in the world as we minister. You see, Jesus was saying, okay, that's fine, but... You need to understand the different ways that people are, gonna, are going to respond. And the devil will try to get you into that, good, that bad ground, out of the good ground every time. You know, I don't struggle too much with the wayside. I, I'm, not a, I'm not in the habit of robbing banks or shooting people and that sort of thing. I'm kind of, you know, I mean, I have some sins that are habitual sins, but they're not open. And I'm not, you know, doing things that are going to put me in jail and prison. That's, that's kind of where the wayside Christians are. They're openly rebellious against God. And praise God I've been raised in church. I I know a little bit about the scriptures. I'm kind of you know, I can quote some scripture, I, I've, I've been reading through the scriptures, I've read through the Bible several times, and I've got some good, I feel like I've got some pretty good depth of earth there, so, so I'm not really the stony ground either. I mean, sometimes I get in the stony ground, but the stony ground is where they don't have much depth of earth, and next thing you know, uh, uh, they, they, they wither up and they, they get persecuted a little bit. Somebody says, you're one of them primitive Baptists out there, aren't you? So I don't want to be identified with them, so I'm going to get on out of here and go somewhere else, you see. But see, my problem is a thorny ground. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc